don't know how heartwarming it is for us to come back after all these years and you're playing the piano, sharing your ministry. That has been a wonderful, wonderful blessing for us. Um, Mr. Kinney, I'm having a hard time seeing this monitor. I, I <laughs> Anybody else around you having difficulty? Uh, you might have to try a different spot. Uh, it's a real, real privilege to be here. I've heard the word of the Lord from Mike this morning. No dilly-dallying. So I know we've got this pancake breakfast coming and uh, Lana has told me, you can go five minutes over if you have to, but this is an important, important, that's right, that's right. You'll just get little pancakes if you go too long. So it's a real, real privilege for us, for Carol and I, 30 years ago, Pastor Martin, 30 years ago, we moved into this camp house, and uh, it was a, the start of a very intensive training process, and uh, it was a wonderful blessing for us. We didn't always know that at the time, but it was a tremendous, tremendous blessing. We were here for a number of years, then we went on to Hope Valley, and uh, one of your former pastors, Ross, Ross Kearney, uh, was one time at a missions conference in Peterborough, and he was talking about going overseas. And, uh, you know, we had worked with Ross for a number of years by then, and I thought, wow, you know, we, we've, we have never done anything like that. We wanted to at one point, but we never went overseas. And uh, I thought, I should go on a, a short-term mission trip at first, a service trip with uh, team workers with MSC. So I went down to Honduras, and I came back, and I told Carol, and I said, I, I really think we're going to move to Honduras. And she thought, well, okay, that's what the Lord is leading us in. She, she kind of affirmed that in her spirit. And um, uh, I went the first time, had a wonderful experience, went another time just to sort of see if, if it was the same kind of experience, and it was, and, and we applied to work at a school down there, a Christian school, moved down with our family in 2004, and then after a number of years, uh, we had a friend come from Korea who was teaching there, and I had worked with Koreans as, as a teenager on their farm, growing the big radishes and cabbages and all that, and uh, uh, we, uh, we felt we should apply to go to a school in Korea, which we did then in 2009, by then, our, our two boys had graduated. The two girls came with us to Korea, and uh, we had a, a very wonderful experience. And partway uh, through that time, we thought, you know, we should go back to school. What do old people do? You know, well, they go back to school to try to pretend they're young. And uh, we, we thought we should go back to school, so we took a year off, couldn't go back to the same job after that, and we went on to China. So uh, we've, had, we've been there seven years. We have had a, really a very, very good experience there, but it is a privilege to be back here. And I sit in the early service, and I listen to Gary and Boyd and Bob and others sharing, and I think, wow, it's like, you know, it's just so precious and so special to hear people standing up praising the Lord in this way. It's a very wonderful community. Now I see all these young people here, after all these years, and, and it's so amazing and so wonderful. So anyway, I, I would just want to praise the Lord for you and pray that the Lord will continue to grow up your community here, and we've been blessed under the teaching of Pastor Martin, and uh, we're sitting in the Bible study together on, and, you know, helping each other and on Thursdays, and it's just, it's just a wonderful experience. So I'm going to take 10 minutes to just give you a very quick snip of what happened in China, this is uh, from two weeks ago that we were at the uh, MSC conference in, in Toronto. And 
just to give you a quick view of China, and then we'll get into Ephesians. And I think it's applicable, and I hope you enjoy the little quick tour, but we will be done on time for pancakes. No dilly-dallying. Okay, so um, a few quick facts. What, what, you know, we've heard about China, we hear it's always in the news, you know, but what are some of the quick facts, okay? So it is governed by the Communist Party of, of China. There's no doubt about that. It is, very clearly. But some people think everybody in China is a communist. That is not true at all. There are only 91 million members of the Communist Party. There's 1.4 billion people in China. So maybe, what, 7%, something like that, is a member of the Communist Party. Most people are just average folks trying to make a living. They're just trying to get along. The government can be heavy-handed, but they also do a lot of sensible things. And, and you might be surprised that, that China at this time is running relatively smoothly. It's had its ups and downs over the years. Um, there is, they always say, oh, we have free elections, but there's only one party. You know, so it's a little, a little questionable, a little questionable. But they do have elections every, every few years, and uh, that's the way things are there. So, economics. It is the second largest economy in the world. Uh, it's growing a little slower than it did a few, uh, few decades ago. But currently, there's a big crisis with property values. Property values are kind of sagging in some places, and a lot of people are very agitated. Did you know you cannot own land in China? You can own your apartment. You can buy your apartment or a condo or whatever. You cannot own the land. Land is owned by the state. So when property values fall, they get very, very agitated and excited because that's what they put their money into, the average person. If they have any money, they put it into their apartment, into their property values that way. There's a lot of uh, US-China competition. Um, you can listen to the media, depends which one, and you, you hear all different kinds of stories. Uh, there is actually no inflation in China right now. In fact, there's just a little bit of sagging deflation. That's a bit of a concern to some others around the world. Religion. Well, they, they do allow five religions. Interestingly enough, they count Christianity as two, Catholics and Protestants. I don't know if they do that to embarrass us or what, but they allow Buddhism, Christianity, two. Islam and Taoism. Okay. Taoism is a very old, uh, kind of a spiritist religion. You can buy the Bible in China, no problem. I've done it myself. I wanted to test it. Can I go and buy the Bible? I went to the, to the Christian bookstore and bought the Bible. It's not as easy to find in a bookstore. It used to be easier. They've kind of constricted things a bit. So, but you can buy it, and uh, Bible Gateway on your phone, not blocked. It's got four Chinese versions. That, so. If somebody says, oh, the Bible's not found in China, that I would really question that because it's, it is available. It's a little bit more difficult to find. There are um, house churches and three self-churches. Three self-churches means self-governing, self-funding, self-propagating. They just don't want the foreigners to be part of that church. But it's relatively more evangelical than we first thought. We've talked to lots of people in the three self churches and they say, we can preach what we want here. The, the government does want to know who attends the three self church. So lots of people don't attend the three self church. They go to the house churches. We were part of two uh, non-registered churches. We were in a house church and we were in a little bit larger group but not registered. And they say there's probably 55 million people in the three self churches 
and an unknown number, maybe 70 million, maybe 80, maybe 100 million in the house churches. Nobody knows. So there's more in the churches than in the Communist Party. So just keep that in mind. Things are happening there. People are, are spreading their faith. They're organized into small groups. If the, if the government clamps down on a house church, they split up into small groups. They're already ready for that. And that does happen. Uh, a few years ago, we had a lot of our friends, missionaries, thrown out of the country. Uh, they had, uh, somehow the government got a hold of the Campus Crusade list and just basically threw all, all those missionaries out. So th there's things going on, but there's some bad areas that are, have more persecution than other areas where the government doesn't really care as long as you don't cause a lot of trouble. Our recommendation is don't believe everything in the Chinese media. Okay? Don't believe everything in the Western media. You need to do some checking, reading, getting into uh, people who have been there, finding out what their stories are, uh, because it's a mixture. Some of it is, is hyped a little bit by each side. You know, you go to China, you watch the Chinese media, they'll tell you about how many people are being shot in the United States. That's all they talk about. Wow, we had another shooting, another shooting, they're being shot, people are being robbed, everybody's in trouble in the United States. That's what you hear all the time. And it's, you know, a little bit true. It's sad when it happens, but it's not all true. So just be aware, both sides are playing a game. The average people are very nice people. They're trying to make a living and uh, trying to get along. There are five foundations. Uh, Spiritism is a, like Taoism or Confucianism, Buddhism. These are all down under the surface. We have seen many times people burning fake paper money, which you can buy in the store, fake paper money, you burn it on the sidewalk for your ancestors. We never did it, <laughs> okay? But it's quite common, especially at certain times of the, of the full moon or the new moon or whatever, people are out in the street corner, and we said, well, why do they do it right on the street corner? They say, well, if the demon comes, you can go that way. You know, demons aren't very smart in China, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's just bizarre to see well-dressed adults burning fake paper money, pouring water on fruit, making an offering for their ancestors. It's very common, especially at certain times of the year. The transition into the modern era is a very, very long, long history, okay? So I, I won't get in, into all of this, but just family relations, ancestor worship is very strong, very common, and then loyalty to your superiors or to the king or the emperor or whoever above you, very, very strong. But that's part of Confucianism. And saving face and giving honor is the core of their value system. They, they will lie quite comfortably as long as they save face or save someone else's face. And uh, that's very common. That's very, very common because it's, it's more important to save face and give honor than it is to lie or tell the truth. So there's some real challenges to work with them. One of them is just to help them see that the truth is God's language. God only speaks the truth. Little bit of history here. There was, uh, at one time, China uh, didn't need anything from the West. Can you believe that? They did not want to trade with the West. And Britain said, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to trade? We're going to introduce opium. And they introduced opium. There was a war over that. China had to open up co uh, coastal trading cities. It's bizarre. And there was a first opium war, there was a second opium war. They call this the beginning of the century of humiliation for China, 1842. Then they had the, the end of the old 
uh, emperor and the new president of the republic, but the government was very, very unstable. All, all through the 20s and the 30s, there's civil war and you know, war, local warlords and things like that. Finally, uh, there was the revolution in 49. Uh, it became very brutal after the revolution, and that sort of went on until Mao's death. After Mao's death, things started to open up around 1979. And uh, here we go, opportunities. Okay, well, lots of foreign businesses in China. Uh, it's a large market for business, has a great need for Chinese, uh, or for people to come to China to teach English. So that's basically what our role was because of the need for foreigners to teach English and, and so forth. Lots of doors open in that way. Uh, now, if you're an engineer or, or um, you know, other professional person, there's lots of doors open. So there's some real opportunities to go into China. Uh, you might say, oh, well, you know, I, I looked at the salary, it's really low, but the cost of living is really, really low. We had, uh, you know, I had unlimited data on my phone, cable TV, home internet, uh, all for 20 bucks a month, okay? So, the, you know, it's a, it's a different world there in many ways. Now, what were our roles? Uh, we served in education. Um, Two different settings. Uh, Carol was at a school, used to be called LDI school, but it's now Life Plus. International School of Qingdao is the oldest international school in Qingdao. And uh, it's one of six schools. They're, they're Christian schools. They might not appear to be, but they'll only hire Christians. And all the staff, all the Chinese staff were Christians. So they had a tremendous ministry. Uh, even in my first years, I could teach Bible in the school. The government would kind of, yeah, whatever, look the other way. They want the foreign business there, so they could allow a lot of things. Later on, they kind of cracked down. So I had some difficulty with my visa, and uh, I actually ended up then going to the university and teaching English at the university. Carol was the principal of student well-being. She looked after counseling, family issues, discipline, safety, um, I don't know, you can ask her. A whole, it seemed to me like a hair-raising number of things she had to deal with. Um, a, a lot of heavy-duty, heavy-duty issues with parents pushing, pushing, pushing their kids all the time and, and suicide issues and all kinds of stuff like that. So that was, uh, that was our role. Happy to answer some of your questions anytime. But uh, this was a few pictures here. Uh, basically, we're using education as a vehicle to reach into the into the communities. And uh, I had, in the years that I was teaching at the university, I think I had about 1,500 students altogether, post-grad students. They're gonna be lawyers, doctors, computer science, whatever. And I only have them for one semester. So I have a whole new group every semester, about 250 every semester. Wonderful, wonderful, polite. They do their homework, usually. Um, you know, they're, they're just a really, really great group to work with. It, I, I really, really appreciate the university students. Bottom center picture is looking out my classroom. There's a picture of Confucius. Now, Qingdao was 10 million people in the city, 10 million, okay? And I had walked back and forth. I loved to get my steps and see the, see the city. I only ever saw one statue of Mao, Mao Zedong. Okay, the great founder of the modern era. But I saw lots and lots of statues of Confucius. So uh, the communist era is kind of like a veneer on the top. You know, on the top, yes, it's governed and so forth, run by the communists. But underneath, it's all much older, much, much older, with a lot of different values. 
some of my students on the right, some of Carol's students on the left. You sometimes see top right these big statues. This is like the goddess of the mountain or somebody, who knows, I forget. And uh, you'd see these huge statues, the goddess of the sea, the goddess of the mountain, goddess of the moon or the moon rabbit or whatever. And uh, during COVID, of course, we were all getting masks and testing and all this stuff. We had to be tested every two days for a long time. But anyway, that's the story. Qingdao is a very beautiful city. It's a coastal city, as I said, 10 million. Uh, it has this beautiful harbor front. You can see at the bottom right there, uh, the university bottom center. On the left was an old German cathedral, St. Michael's Cathedral. They are very proud of this cathedral. It's a very bizarre thing. You, know, they, you can see pictures of it all through the city. Yeah, we got this beautiful cathedral. And built by the Germans around uh, 1900 or so. And um, it's just a very interesting city. The top, middle, right behind the little hill where we lived in our apartment close to Carroll's School, well, over the hill was the site of the World Horticultural Expo. It had been back uh, about, I think, 2014. Fabulous park with all these amazing buildings, and, and it was all free to walk through. We often went walking there. Uh, it's just a, it's a beautiful city. Lots and lots of flowers throughout the city. They love to make everything look great, and uh, that was our experience. So anyway, if you ever get a chance to go uh, to teach or to do anything else there to travel, it, it's a really great place. To travel inside China is very, very cheap. And uh, we certainly had a wonderful experience. We have lots of contacts there. And um, we believe the Lord is working. There's a lot of uncertainties, but the church is definitely moving ahead and spreading. Okay. China is known as the Middle Kingdom. China comes from Zhonghua, and Zhong means middle. Okay, so Zhonghao is like noon, middle of the day. And uh, Middle Kingdom, we are in the top... I know China looks like a big chicken, but the top uh, yellow uh, just across from South Korea is where we were, and uh, that's, that province has about 100 million. So it's a big place with a lot of history. Confucius' birthplace, not too far away. Okay, let's take a quick look at a different kingdom now, more important kingdom. We're going to go into Ephesians, and uh, I've entitled this, His Kingdom and Our Cleanup, but you'll see where we're going in this. Okay, I'm just jumping into a little snip of a part, and I'm watching Dilly Dally up there, and uh, I want to talk about dealing with hazardous waste. A few weeks ago here in Maynooth, you know, we have dealing with hazardous waste day, and there's one in March, one in October, so we get all our stuff together, and they tell you, you know, the oil in the oil bottles, Prestone in the antifreeze, and so forth, get things ready, get all your old rat poison out, all that, and... Uh, Carol, Carol actually took it to the dump. I was busy cutting up some wood, and she said, oh, there were lots of people there. there. You know, I didn't see any, I mean, there were lots of helpers, lots of staff. They come running out, and they'll take this, take that, whatever. You know, weren't too many actual people there, but lots of staff. I thought, well, that's good. They're really dealing with it. So I asked myself, how are we dealing with our hazardous waste? And in this little passage in Ephesians, uh, after the introduction, he's going to move on to dealing with the hazardous waste. Okay? And he starts off by saying, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Ephesus was the fourth largest city in the Roman Empire. It was a very rich city, cosmopolitan, Asia Minor, where Turkey is today. 
Uh, it's an impressive city. It had, you know, the Temple of Artemis, one of the biggest temples in the ancient world. Um, you know, it's just, it, it was a great place for them to feel proud of. But Paul is saying, you know, what you see here, you should see what's coming. You should see what's coming. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. So the starting point is God is really doing something incredible. He's really doing something amazing. Then he goes on and says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope of which he has called you, to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. So once again, affirming how rich we really are in Christ beyond what this world has to offer, how rich we are. And beyond that, Paul is seeking, because God is seeking, to get us into a deeper walk of life with him. Okay? Chapter 2 contrasts former death, present life, former discord, enmity, discord, contrasted with harmony now. You know, the, the church is changing. The old ways are passing away. And the Lord is doing great things in the midst of those people. Talks about the Gentiles, you know, which they mostly were. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and shares together in the promise in Christ Jesus. How wonderful that would be to think about. They would know about the ancient promises to Israel. Now they're part of that one body. The first three chapters really sum up just how much God has done for the Ephesians and for us. How, how incredible it is that God would lift us up to be seated with Christ. And it goes on in many different ways. Beautiful, wonderful. Then there's a little bit of a turn in chapter 4. What Paul is about to share is built on this foundation of what God has already done. Hey, God has done it. We haven't done it. God has done it. That's the foundation. Now, there's something that he wants us to think about and to do. He urges us to live fully aware of what's coming. Where are we going? Who will we meet? What does it mean to get ready to meet the king? And that's really the question we're asking ourselves this morning. What does it mean to get ready to meet the king? So he goes on then in 17 to 32. I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Now you're going to start seeing a whole lot of negative thoughts here. It's, it's kind of heavy. It says they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, they're full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and when you were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regards to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitudes of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Okay, so there's a shift. He's kind of peppered us, kind of like buckshot, you know, peppered us with these negative things, and now something positive is coming out. Something positive is coming out. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. 
In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Oops, I'm sorry. Just a little bit more. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Wow. Pancakes in, okay. Unwholesome out, not so good. Okay? Uh, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those uh, who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander. No, I mean, we, we don't see much brawling here, do we? We don't come to church and brawl. But, you know, we got to be careful about some of the other things. Get rid of all those things. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And he certainly has, as Pastor Martin said this morning. All the things he's forgiven us of are just mind-boggling. We don't sometimes like to think about them. So we got this kind of word jumble of the human way on the left. All these negative things, you know, negative one after the other. And Paul just keeps, he just keeps firing. I think he would use up all his ammunition pretty quick if he was hunting. You know, he just keeps firing, firing, firing. Think, wow, wow, yeah, this, that, whatever, wow. But then it kind of transitions to the positive side. Okay, there's good things happening. Jesus is working in us. He's affecting righteousness in us. He's putting us on a new path. So it's really, really, really very special. So you see all this, this whole series of dark thoughts contrasted with the ones of wholeness and Jesus working in our lives. And, and then it turns to the role. What is the role that we have then? Okay, so I want to just take a quick look. Three keys to the cleanup. Okay, we're going to go take the hazardous waste out. We've got to start with intention and then action and then completion. So those three ideas, intention, action, completion. Let's take a quick look. We're going to start with thinking about a very common example in real life. Time to transform. My mother's old car, you know, it's 19 years old. We wanted to try and get, get it working. It's actually running very well, but it looked really terrible. It looked like maybe someone was using it for target practice. And uh, we, we said, okay, what are we going to do? We've got to get this fender off. Well, if you don't know what to do, you go to YouTube. Sure enough, there's somebody who tells you, okay, you've got to take the bumper off, you've got to take the lights out, you've got to take these pieces off, and they just go step by step, and pretty soon, you know, with a few tugs and, you know, dropping things and whatever, you get the fender off. And then we started to have to rebuild the fender. Now, please, please, don't look too closely at it, okay? The weather got cold. We still need to do a little more spot putty, a little more glazing, painting, all that, but at least it doesn't look like, you know, it's some kind of a patchwork quilt. And I was thinking... I'm so glad that we didn't scrap it. I'm so glad that God doesn't scrap us. He, he gets a hold of us and he sometimes bangs the rust off us and he, he restores us. He doesn't scrap us. He works with us. And that's what we had to do in this case. I'm so glad. Transformation because we belong to Jesus. Jesus does not scrap us. Now take a look at this little part of the passage. It's you, your your, your, they're all directly pointing at us. If Paul is pointing that clearly at us, surely there's something we are supposed to do, and it starts with our intention. Are we going to go to the hazardous waste cleanup day? 
are we going to take this stuff and deal with it? Okay? So that intention. I need to agree with God and I need to intend to deal with these things. If I am going to let God's transformation really bear fruit, I need to agree. I need to intend to do it. Okay? My intentions are part of what's happening between God and me, my Savior. He's saying, okay, Ivan, you need to deal with this. And I have to start by having a good intention. Okay? It's a faith response. Uh, I'm not doing it out of my power. I'm doing it because I believe God is working in me and my intentions are following along with what he's telling me to do. So my intention shows I've given him my attention. You know, why, would God, why would Paul write all this if it's totally, totally impossible? Okay? So the intention comes first. And then we go on to the action. The, the action is that outworking of my intention. God is sparking something in my heart. His Holy Spirit is talking to me. And the intention starts to come out of that like a little sprout. But it has to be followed by action. Okay? And if you look in this part, there's all these emphasis. Put it off. Be made new. Put it on. Put off falsehood. Put truthful speaking on. You know, like, that that's a real, genuine activity, an action, okay? Ooh, a seal over my lips, the Bible says. Sometimes I just, I just need to watch what is going to come out. Oh, no, it doesn't need to come out. It needs to stay, okay? Forget about it, whatever. And uh, that's what Paul's saying. Intentions go on to actions. Here's some more actions. Anger. Wow. We've had some angry outbursts this week. I'll tell you, honestly, living with an aged parent is a very interesting challenge. She tells us, you know, that twig outside, can, can you go and get that twig that's hanging on the tree? You know, now Carol goes out 15 minutes every morning, 15 minutes every night, just to trim trees every single day. If she misses a day, she does twice as much the next day. I've been cutting up trees, but mom, you know, now that mom's seeing more, she can see more twigs that still have to be dealt with. So there's been a few times where we're thinking, okay, okay, what's, what's the big deal? And, you know, your humanity comes to the surface. Maybe a lot worse for me. But I like this other one here, stealing. Hopefully we're not stealing. Funny story, years ago, I was speaking at Edmondson Heights Bible Chapel, it must be 20 years anyway. And uh, we came out, the van was gone. The van was gone. We thought, oh, well, what happened? Did they move it to the back or what, what happened? Because I'd actually left the keys under the seat, you know. Well, I found out later they didn't find the keys. They just smashed the ignition off and put a screwdriver in. A few weeks later, we didn't hear anything about it. A few weeks later, it turns up at the Catholic Church. Who, who says there's no role for confession, eh? Who says there's no role for confession? That's where it was. So anyway, we, we got it back, and it was pretty beat up by then. We had to get a different vehicle. But, you know, I don't think anybody needs to worry here today that you're going to go out and find your cars gone, you know? But there's lots of places in the world where this is very, very common. Very common, you know? Instead, Paul's emphasis is work. Do something, make something, share something. That's a great emphasis, you know? It's part of my actions. Now, taking a quick look then at completion. What does that mean? We, we know that we cannot be perfect. We're not, because we're human. But 
there are goals we can set that I think are midterm or intermediate goals. And I think speech is one of them. We have to watch what we say. He talks about getting rid of the bitterness and so forth, but he says get rid of all of it. Wow. All of it. Every form of malice. There's a word we don't think about too much. What is malice? Mal, bad, thinking bad of someone else. Just, you know, Paul says it. Just try to deal with that. Start looking at goals, intermediate goals, especially what comes out of our mouth. Because if you look at this passage, it's interesting. Paul talks about the speech twice. He talks about it in verse 25, and he talks about it in 29. Okay? So maybe one kind of intermediate goal is, Lord, just help me to watch what's coming out here. Help me. Help me, Lord, because it's not your way and there is a better way. That final verse brings us back in a circle. God forgave us. He did. He's forgiven us. He loves us dearly. He loves us much more than we love ourselves, believe it or not. It's true, okay? And sometimes that's why he does things for us that are difficult for us because he knows his best for us, okay? Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ, in Christ God forgave you. Imagine that, you know? We could have a godly, holy attitude towards another person, the same one that God has towards us. How amazing. So we find completion as we treat others, is the golden rule, as Christ te- treats us. Do you know in China they have what they call the silver rule? It comes from Confucius, and they, it's almost this, but not as good. It says, don't do to anyone else what you don't want to be done to you. That's, a, that's an old Confucius principle. You know, don't do to someone else. Well, we say, let's go another step. As Christians, better than Confucius, as a follower of Jesus, I will do for others what I would hope would be done for me. Okay? That's a pretty, pretty special way to operate if we just kept that one idea in our mind here. So then we think about it, wow, this is a real big challenge. How do I put all this into practice? Well, the truth is it's impossible without Jesus. Okay? Uh, the music team had the major emphasis this morning on the power of the blood. The power of the blood, you know. Because Jesus died for me, his life power is released in me and becomes powerful all the time, day by day, and we have a chance to make things better, okay? Uh, it's, it's the power is from Christ. The power is from Christ. Ask Jesus. Jesus, help me. Hour by hour, day by day, week by week. How can I put into practice some of these things that I'm reading about, hearing about from the scriptures, okay? Uh, It's only possible because of him, but we need to have those intentions, the actions, and goals along the way. There's a lot that we could say here. We don't have time. We could talk about discipleship, nurturing, mentors, having, you know, mature Christians as part of our fellowship circle so that we are getting, you know, insight, Insight, experiences, testimonies of what God has done in their lives. That's a very powerful thing in God's community, is to have that nurturing, those mentors. Solid Bible teaching, uh, joining service teams, you know, doing something together with a group that are focused on a project. That's a very powerful thing. And there's so much more. You know, when we are with other Christians, serving people in Jesus' kingdom, we all grow, we really get established. You know, it's the truth. It's, there's a great benefit in having the community here together.
In conclusion, Paul shows us what God has done for us. There's a sobering warning given, you know, hazardous waste day is coming. Maybe we missed it this year. Well, there's the spiritual hazardous waste day that can be any day. We can all take a look at some of these things and start to deal with them. He urges us to submit our intentions to God, to add our actions, and then completion, setting some goals. If we fall back, we say, Lord, I slipped, I tripped, I fell back. Okay, let's see. Lord, what do you want me to do to focus on this issue? Okay, God does not scrap us. He does not condemn us. He simply keeps working with us. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing, day by day. This last verse then, Paul, remember he was a prisoner writing this letter to the Ephesians. A prisoner. It's one of the prison letters. I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. God has called us, called all of us. Let's keep walking with him. I'm going to turn it back to the music team. they got one more... One more uh, song and no dilly-dallying, right? Oh, thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob.